Welcome to the Change Something Podcast, where we recognize that we all have 168 hours in one week. How will you leverage it? How will you use it not only for your own good, but for the good of your city? On this podcast, we'll speak with psychologists, chiropractors, teachers, truckers, first responders, writers, and all sorts of professionals every month for 15 minutes or less to provide tools and tips to not only better your life, but to help you participate in the good of your city. My name is John Ju, and I'm glad that you are joining us. Today, I have a special guest with me as he is a practitioner of the Change Something vision and one who took his personal passion and turned it into a good for his community. His name is Eric Ortega, and he loves a game that traces its roots back at least 1,500 years to Persia, the game of chess. And throughout the 1,500 years, the game has evolved, changed. It's become an international rave. Hey, Eric, thank you so much for being on the show. Well, it's great to be here. Thanks. Yeah, and thanks for creating safe spaces for people of all backgrounds to come together to do something they enjoy. Oh, it's a pleasure. Uh, Something amazing to me, too. Well, before we dive into how you would encourage our listeners to be the good, can you share with us your journey of starting four different spaces around your community where people can play chess and even starting a chess tournament out of scratch? How did this all happen? Well, it was very unusual the way it did go come about. Yeah. Um, I was at Starbucks one day and having some coffee and had a chess set set out on the table and just trying to get a little bit better. And uh, somebody walked by and noticed the set and they commented on it and I invited him to a game. Lo and behold, he did sit down and we played the game a little bit. And you can tell right when we got things got together, me and someone I never met. Yep. Just had a great conversation, sharing a game of chess, and how it worked out to be something more than I thought it would be. He says, hey, are you here on Thursdays? You know, it just happened to <laughs> sure. be Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. And I go, yeah, yeah, I'm here on Thursday. He says, bring your friends. Come on, we'll have some fun. So sure enough, went there Thursday. Didn't think anybody would show. I, sure enough, he did. He showed up. And then the next week, four more people showed up, sharing relationship sharing stories, enjoying the game. And I says, man, I'd really like to share this with more and more people. Yeah, I'll be darned. The very next Thursday came up, 26 people showed. Whoa. So it was from one to four people to 26 people? To 26 people. We literally took over every table in Starbucks. (laughs) Every time somebody sat down, they brought a set. You know, I said, here, set it up over here. Take that thing. And People just started walking in and they're like saying, where, what's going on here? And do you play chess? No. Would you like to learn? Hey, so help me understand. So it sounds like it it really just began with an innocent, hey, you had your chessboard out, somebody engaged with you in it. But then it sounds like there was a switch in your brain where you said, hey, how can I actually offer this to my community? Can you tell me about that switch? Yeah, um, it just blossomed into a multiple relationships all at the same time. Now, that was something that just felt really good Mm. and all centered around chess. And it's funny thing with chess, it bridges every social, economic, any type of relationship that people can have, any, quote, barriers that separate one type of person from another. They're all same on the chessboard. Everybody has to learn something. And um, that is the bridge that allows you to build a relationship to others and to reach out to the community. Yeah. So the human connection that you began to see evolving around the chessboard 
gave you even more motivation to see, hey, how can I take this to the next level? Well, certainly. And as I started working, I had more opportunities to meet other people. And they would say, well, this is great, but I not off on Thursdays. Yeah, what what days are you off? <laughs> and, you know, it, it comes in the conversation. So I started opening up some other places. I had opened up a place in Java Plus, which is another coffee shop. Then um, Sunday, there was Barnes & Noble. We got met some guys out there. I started the same kind of thing. And then I ran into the, another guy named Eric who runs the uh, – who is the manager of the mall, started hitting it off, talking, and then he heard about the chess thing. He says, how would you ever think about doing it at the mall? Wow. Really? <laughs> and I go, yeah, sure. So I never took it anywhere. I just thought, oh, he was just talking, you know, that kind of thing. But eventually he pursued me, and we set it up. I got together with some more people, and then the, the mall sets up tables and chairs and everything else. All I got to do is show up there with some chess sets. And 37 people showed up. I couldn't believe it. The first day, 37 people showed up? 37 people. And then we skip a week. And I kept saying, well, so I'll meet you. He says, next Sunday? No, two weeks. Let's try it again. Then came the big deal. I said, let's put together a tournament. Let's see if we can really do this. And with the help of the manager and some other people that he knew, we got the Joliet Central High School chess team. And I got this grandmaster. His name is Teamer something G. Yeah, we'll just call him Teamer, Grandmaster Teamer. We'll call him Teamer, yes. Yeah, Teamer. And what Teamer does is that he's famous for playing people blindfolded. It's an amazing thing to see. Yeah, before the recording, you were telling me that this guy Teamer, he is number 18. He's a grandmaster of chess. He's number 18 or 19th in the United States and about 100 and something in the world. Wow. So if I'm following your story correctly, it's pretty amazing how the thing dominoed from Starbucks to having just conversations and building relationship with people, opening up a second, a third one, and then you talk to somebody, you got into a mall, and the mall became a chess tournament, and then you had a grandmaster show up. Yeah, um, that kind of led to more opportunities and more ways to reach out to the community. The more I can serve people and encourage them to join us playing chess, the more I enjoy it. I don't even have to play the game to enjoy it. Just seeing people gather around enjoying themselves is good for me. Mm. Well, earlier we were you were mentioning about how chess is a international language, really. It breaks through socioeconomic status, even political affiliation, and even language barriers. How have you personally seen that happen? Can you share with us maybe a few stories of how you've seen chess succumb or overcome differences in people and provide real hope and connection? Well, one particular story is, is that at one of my chess meets, there was a woman who brought his son, her son, he was about seven or eight. Okay. And her, you know, the mother came up to me and says, hi, can he play? Will anybody play him? You know, he's, he's just a little kid. If he can sit there, if he'll play the game, I've got people that'll play him. So I matched him up with somebody. She came back the next Thursday and she sought me out. I saw him. I said, hey, guy, how you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And he goes up there and he, he ran off and got somebody together. And she says, he has no friends mm. because he's quiet. He gets bullied a bit. Um, she's constantly dealing with teachers and wow. Um, school counselors and things of that nature. But look at the hope that this game did for a young man who needed friends where he didn't feel like he was going to get bullied or be looked down upon. And um, that's not the only one. I mean, I ran into a guy who was on parole out of Stateville. 
he came over to the thing. He, he said he really liked hanging around after listening to his what's going on with him and trying to see if I can help get him in contact with people with, with a job. Wow. But that's just two examples of people and relationships that I have made and that I've experienced. That's amazing, Eric. I love how the story that you're providing has developed and even the two examples that you share. And like you're saying, they're just two samples. I'm sure you have so many opportunities, even stories that you don't personally know about that you're affecting and giving hope to people. I love it. It's nice to be able to do something that you enjoy that reaches out to others. Anyone can do it, whatever passion that they have. You put it out somewhere in public where people can see it. Well, I think that's a great segue to the final question for our time together. A vision for the Change Something podcast is to help our listeners or someone that they know receive tips so that we can be good for our communities, which you are doing. You're a practitioner of it. Well, what is one practical tip you would offer a listener who's maybe thinking right now, I want to serve our community like you are, Eric, maybe with my job or with my passion. But number one, I don't know how to get started. Or maybe number two, I'm afraid that if I put all of my energy into this and nobody shows up, it's going to be a failure. What would you say? I would say for the the first one, find a place that's in public, whether it's a coffee shop, uh, a park bench, uh, somewhere there where there's some kind of foot traffic so you can attract attention to what you're doing. It's really and good. If, so you can sh- share. You can't share nothing if you're by yourself and no one knows you're doing it. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Even if you think that it may or may not fail. The point is, do it. Give yourself a schedule. Every Thursday, I showed up to that coffee shop not knowing whether people would show or not. Right. But I'm going. Yeah. And if uh, if I was sitting there by myself for a while, then I would just uh, put out the pieces and, and try to learn something. Someone came by, I invite them into a chess game. But the point is, is that you, you got to be consistent and you got to just keep doing it. Mm. Just go. Success is a relative. What do you mean? Is it successful if one person shows? Is it successful if 500 people show? Mm. Is it successful if only person shows for 10 minutes and then they have to leave? My answer is yes. It's successful. Mm. Is it because of your belief in the fact that one person makes a difference? Like one person's yes. life matters? Oh, most certainly. Every person is unique. Every person's got a story. Hey, Eric, thank you so much for not only your time, but for honestly being a practitioner of changing something in your community, stepping out and taking risks and seeing each person as unique. Well, thanks for having me. And um, stop by and say hello to me sometime over at the coffee shop. (laughs) Yes. Uh, I know that we have listeners all across the United States and even internationally, but if you're ever in the state of Illinois and the city of Joliet and its surrounding communities, make sure to go and check out Eric and how he is leveraging his passion for the good of his community. There's another seven-year-old kid in your community looking for connection. What skill set, passion, or hobby can you leverage for your community? What is holding you back from taking that step? Don't let success define your approach. As Eric reminds us, success is one life impacted. Let's be the good. Let's go change something.